ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that He has no partners or associates. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, bi-ibnillahi ta'ala, we would like to continue uh, with the discussion or explanation of the brief essay of Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah entitled Nawaqid al-Islam. The Nawaqid al-Islam, as we have mentioned in the previous lectures, in this series are those things which whether actions or speech or belief they are those things which nullify or negate the person's Islam yani if a person commits one of these acts or makes such a statement then it is of those things that nullify their, their Islam and takes them out of Islam of course with the conditions that we have mentioned previously in the previous lectures, we have discussed the first two Nawaqir of Islam and this evening, ta'ala, we would like to take the third of them, keeping in mind that this particular Naqid, the third of the Nawaqir of Islam, Adam Takfir al-Mushrikeen, is indeed a sensitive topic and at the same time, it is an important topic that needs to be understood by the Muslims. Adam Takfir al-Mushrikeen. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah mentioned the third of the Nawakir of Islam. Al-Thalat he said, Men lam yukaffir al-Mushrikeen aw shakta fi kufrihim aw sahaha madhabahum kafra. And that whoever does not declare or acknowledge admit the kufr, the disbelief of the mushrikeen, the pagan disbelievers, whoever does not declare their kufr or acknowledge or admit that they are kafirs, or whoever has doubt, they are not sure whether or not the pagan disbelievers are in fact kafirs, and they are not sure if their deen is really kufr or not. Or whoever considers their madhab, their religion, or their philosophy, or their way of life, or their system of living, whoever considers their way of life as being sahih, as being correct, valid, and authentic, then such a one has fallen into disbelief by ijma'ah the Muslim scholars. Perhaps, there might be some uh, question or wonder 
whether or not they are amongst the Muslims, those who are unsure about the kufr of the disbelievers, or those who consider the religion of the disbelieving nations, whether from the Ahl Kitab, Christians and Jews or others, are there from amongst the Muslims those who doubt or wonder about the kufr of these nations and their religion or their philosophy or their way of life? Indeed, uh, we have found amongst the Muslims those who directly or indirectly fail to acknowledge the kufr of those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clearly stated that they are disbelievers in the Qur'an or that which has come in the authentic hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Indeed, we have found uh, in America one of the popular Muslim leaders espousing the idea that the people of the book, the Christians and Jews, that they are mu'minun, that they are believers just as the Muslims, and that they would enter paradise just as the Muslims, justifying this position with one argument or another. Some of them even supplicate that these disbelievers, people who are not Muslims, whether they are from the Ahl Kitab, the people of the book, or from the other pagan disbelievers, some of them claim and supplicate, that these, supplicate for these people to be admitted into paradise. As one of the Muslim leaders said, mentioning the, civil, the famous civil rights leader in America, Dr. Martin Luther King, he said, may Allah forgive him his sins and admit him into paradise. And a man who died on kufr, believing in trinity, in the sonship and the divinity of the Prophet Isa salam, and a Muslim leader, says, may Allah forgive him his sins and admit him into paradise. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab here in this particular naqid or nullifier he says that whoever does not declare the kufr the disbelief of the pagan disbelievers, the mushrikeen or is in doubt about their kufr, who is not certain that indeed they are kafirs as Allah has made clear in his book or who declares their religion or their way of life or philosophy to be acceptable, valid or correct, then this is kufr by consensus of the Muslim scholars. And this is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared them to be disbelievers in so many verses of his book. For example, the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 72, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that indeed, Certainly, definitely, لَقَدْ كَفَرَ Indeed, they have disbelieved. الَّذِينَ قَالُوا Those who said, and not even for an action, but for what they have said. The statement that they made, which is a reflection of the belief that is in their heart, they said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الْمَصِيحُ بْنُ مَرْيَمُ That indeed, Allah, He is the Masih, the Messiah, the son of Maryam. And likewise, in the following ayat, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَقَدَ كَفَرَ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ ثَالِثُ ثَلَاثَةً وَمَا مِنْ إِلَٰهٍ إِلَّا إِلَٰهٌ وَاحِدٌ That indeed they have disbelieved those who said that verily Allah is the third of the three, that Allah is one in the Trinity, Allah is one of the members of the Trinity. And there is no God except one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who deserves to be worshipped. 
and the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 70 Ya Ahlul Kitab lima takfuruna bi ayatillahi wa antum tashhadun All people of the book specifically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here refers to the people of the book those who might be considered as closer to the Muslims than the other disbelievers because they are people to whom revelation came yani people who were basing their way of life on revelation yani whom prophets had come to who guided them but they deviated and separated from that which was brought to them ya ahlul kitab lima takfuruna bi ayatillah wa antum tashhadun oh people of the book why do you disbelieve in the ayat of allah the verses of what Allah has revealed in the Quran while you yourselves bear witness and know indeed certainly that it is the truth lima takfurun indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear that these people are disbelievers and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says in surah al-baqarah chapter 2 verse 89 falamma ja'ahum ma 'arafu kafaru bihi falanatullah falanatullah 'ala al-kafirin that when that came to them which they knew yani that which they knew and recognized to be the truth the message that came through the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam his prophethood and that which he he brought when it came after they had been calling for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send to them a messenger that would lead them into victory over the pagan disbelievers of the arabian peninsula then when that prophet came they rejected him and they knew that he was the prophet and they knew that he was the fulfillment of the prophecies that had come through the earlier prophets who had come to them so may the curse of allah be upon the disbelievers in these verses allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers specifically to the ahl kitab and individually he refers to the jews in one verse and into the and to the christians in another and these are those who might be considered closest to the muslims because as we said they are people who originally were following that which was truth that which was revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the earlier prophets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered that we have enmity for the disbelievers due to their inventing lies against Allah claiming that Allah is a son or that Allah is one in three in the trinity or denying the resurrection and the life after and the punishment and reward or the rejection of whatever Allah has revealed to his prophets and messengers alayhi salam and for this reason allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called on the believers to express their iman by rejecting those who reject belief in him and who refuse to worship him alone likewise we should know that one tawhid is not complete or correct until two conditions are fulfilled the first of them negation of falsehood and every false god that is worshiped besides Allah and the second of them is affirmation of the truth and the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and this is what is understood in the kalimat at-tawhid la ilaha illallah it is negation of everything and anything that is worshiped besides Allah la ilaha that there is nothing which deserves to be worshiped illallah except Allah and that is the affirmation that worship belongs to Allah alone these two negation of worship for everything other than Allah and affirmation for of the worship for Allah alone are necessary together in order for 
one's iman or one's tawheed or one's islam to be correct and acceptable similar to this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-baqarah chapter 2 verse 256 la ikraha fi deen that there is no compulsion in deen no one is forced to believe in Allah no one is compelled to believe in Allah but everyone is given the invitation to accept the truth and to live according to it in order to be successful or to reject it and to suffer the consequences la ikraha fi deen قَدْ تَبَيَّنَ الرُّشْتُ مِنَ الْغَيْرِ That indeed the rush, proper guidance, right guidance, it is clearly distinct from error. Yani the intellect is sufficient. If a person's intellect is whole and sound and not corrupted, it is sufficient that a person reflect upon the truth and that which, and right guidance and the right guidance, it is clearly distinct from error. Therefore there is no need for compulsion. But everyone is invited to use the gift that Allah has given him to reflect and to consider and to examine to see and to distinguish the truth from falsehood then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْسَكَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى لَنْ فِيْصَعْمَ لَهَا وَاللَّهُ سَمِيرُ الْعَلِيمِ فَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ here is a negation that whoever disbelieves in the taagut whoever rejects and denies the false gods and falsehood whoever negates that and then believes in Allah وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ and believes in Allah then this person has taken hold of the most trustworthy handhold that will never break and Allah is hearing knowing and in this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also makes it clear that it is required of the believers to first negate the belief or the right of worship for anything other than Allah to reject the worship of other than Allah and then to affirm it for Allah alone so this is required of the believers to reject and to detest the worship of other than Allah and to affirm worship for Allah alone not only that but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it obligatory on the Muslims to take a position of enmity and hatred for those who reject Allah and who refuse to worship Him alone to take them as enemies and to consider them as enemies and no one can be judged to be a Muslim until he acknowledges the kufr of the pagans indeed if he hesitates in declaring their kufr while the matter is apparent and clear in them or he doubts their kufr while it is clear that they are kafirs, then such a person is just like them as for the one who considers their madhab, their way of life or their religion or philosophy to be correct and valid or he considers the disbelief and transgression which they engage in to be something good to be something acceptable such a one is a disbeliever likewise by consensus of the Muslim scholars the reason for this is that such a person has not known the reality of Islam the reality of Islam is that Al-Islam it is Al-Istislam Lillahi Bit-Tawheed it means that one surrenders or submits itself to Allah with Tawheed yani to worship Him alone Wal-Inqiyad Lahu Bita'ah and to willfully surrender itself through obedience to Allah obeying His commands and refraining from His prohibitions Wal-Bara'ah Min-Ash-Shirk Wa-Ahlihi and then declaring their self 
to be of those who avoid shirk worshipping other than Allah and avoiding the people of shirk, the pagans. Yani Islam requires that a Muslim must submit themselves to Allah alone and surrender themselves to Allah by obeying Him and as well they must reject and avoid shirk and the people of shirk. But we find today that many of the Muslims not only refuse to acknowledge the kufr of the pagan disbelievers but they go further and take the disbelievers as awliya, as friends and supporters or helpers while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it obligatory on the Muslim to separate from shirk and the mushrikeen, the people of shirk. It is obligatory on us to, to declare ourselves free of them as was openly declared by the Prophet Ibrahim al-Khalil salam in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that indeed there was for you an excellent example in Ibrahim the example for the true believers it is found in Ibrahim السلام, who was recognized not only by the Muslims but also by the Christians and Jews not only as the Prophet but as the father of a Tawheed however they don't follow his example, his example only the true believers follow the example of Ibrahim السلام, and also those who believed with him, yani who followed his way, who believed in him, and who took him as a model. That they said, when they said to their people that we are free, we are separate from you, we are free of being a part of you, or having any relationship to you, and as well from that which you worship instead of Allah. Yani they declared themselves to be innocent and to be free of the mushrikeen and the shirk that they were engaging in. And they said, كَفَرْنَا بِكُمْ وَبَدَا بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمُ الْعَدَاوَ وَالْبَغْضَاءَ أَبَدًا حَتَّى تُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ وَحْدَةً That indeed we have rejected you. كَفَرْنَا بِكُمْ We reject you. And there has appeared between us and you Al-Adawa wal baghda hostility, enmity and hatred forever, abadan, hatta tu'minu billahi wahda until you believe in Allah alone and it is based on a tawheed the relation of the true believer with others it is based on tawheed that there is enmity, adawa and hatred, baghda between the true believer in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who reject Allah and disbelieve in Him and worship others besides Him and that relationship of adawa and baghda it will remain forever abadan hatta tu'minu billah until they believe until you believe in Allah that is the position of Ibrahim Khalilullah salam, and those who believed in him and who believed along with him the true believers that they stand with their people it was the stand of tawheed based on tawheed that their relationship to them it is based on the relationship of the people with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whoever worships him then the relationship with them is the relationship of friendship and support and whoever rejects the worship of Allah alone then there's hatred and enmity Al-Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah says in his tafsir concerning this ayah enmity and hatred has been legislated between us and them 
that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it part of his sharia that there be enmity and hatred between the mu'min and the kafir it is not a matter of personality whether that person is nice or friendly or kind or truthful or honest it is a matter of Allah's law that he has legislated the relationship between the people of iman and the people of kufr and shirk it is like this Allah has legislated between us and them, and them enmity and hatred so just as long as they remain in disbelief we will forever declare our innocence from them and hate them until you believe in Allah alone yani until they accept the tawheed and believe in Allah alone meaning until you single out Allah alone and worship him exclusively without associating anything with him as a partner and abandon whatever awthan, raving images and endad, rivals you have been worshipping along with him Al-Imam Al-Shawkani rahimahullah in his tafsir of the very same ayat he said the meaning of this ayat is that this will be our way with you the pagans this will be our relationship with you just as long as you continue to disbelieve and it's not a matter of personality it is a matter of iman and kufr and it's not for the, the, the true believer to question Allah's legislation and Allah's rule and law but it is for us to accept it because to reject what Allah has legislated is to reject the wisdom and perfect knowledge of Allah who knows best what he has legislated and why he has legislated this is our way with you just as long as you continue to disbelieve unless and until you believe in Allah alone and leave the practices of shirk which you are presently practicing however if and when you do that that is if and when you leave the shirk and believe in Allah alone that enmity will become friendship and allegiance and that hatred will become love it is not our right to love or to hate except by what Allah has legislated and love and hate is for the sake of Allah the true believer loves for the sake of Allah and hates for the sake of Allah and this is Islam it is of the usul of Islam the love and hate for the sake of Allah al-wala wal-bara Yani allegiance to the believers and disassociation from the disbelievers it is a fundamental of the deen of Allah in these verses are found the clarification that the truth and falsehood are still at odds and will continue to be so until the hour of resurrection therefore based on the above the people of truth must hold tight to whatever they possess and defend it so that it will remain unblemished unpolluted and that no distortion would touch its noble and clearly defined characteristics and features as we see in the Muslim world today the purity of Islam is being polluted and corrupted by the friendship and relations of the mu'min with the kafir accepting them as one friend or one supporter or helper in this way the kafirs have polluted the Islamic way of life have corrupted the society and corrupted the beliefs of many of the Muslims to the extent that as one some brothers told me just the other day that one brother who was a Muslim who was raised as a Muslim married a kafir and went to a kafir country and that kafir woman has polluted his mind and corrupted his mind to the extent as they told me I didn't meet the man but as they told me to the extent that he is in doubt about whether or not Allah exists yani a Muslim who was raised as a Muslim as a normal Muslim praying and worshipping as a Muslim has become corrupted to the extent that he is in doubt not only doubt about whether or not uh, uh, polygamy is justified or whether or not slavery in Islam is something that should be accepted or not but whether or not Allah exists that's how they have told me subhanallah 
Likewise, the people of falsehood remain upon their falsehood, holding tightly to it and defending it until they overcome or stand on equal grounds with the truth. All of them will continue in this struggle until Allah inherits the earth and whoever is upon it. And it's an ongoing struggle. It will not end at any point. But the relationship between Iman and Kufr, uh, between Tawheed and Shirk, is an ongoing relationship. It will not end until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani, inherits the earth. Yani, until Allah takes everyone from the earth and calls the people for resurrection. This is the Millah, the creed of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Whoever deviates from it has definitely shown his own stupidity and ignorance. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah in another essay mentioned the ayat which we have previously mentioned فَمَنْ يَقْفُرْ بِالطَّاغُوتِ وَيُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ اسْتَمْتَقَ بِالْعُرْوَةِ الْوُثْقَى That whoever rejects the Tagut, disbelieves in the Tagut, and who believes in Allah, then he has taken hold of the handle that will never break. Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah said, the manner in which one disbelieves in the Tagut, yani al-kufr bil-Tagut, it is by believing that it is falsehood to worship anything other than Allah. Al-Kufr bil-Tagut, it means that one must believe that the worship of other than Allah is false. It is falsehood. The worship of anything other than Allah. Leaving it, hating it, declaring the Kufr of its people and being an enemy to them. This is Al-Kufr bil-Tagut. It is not only to deny the worship of other than Allah, but also to leave it and to hate it and to declare the kufr of those who engage in it and to declare our relationship of enmity and hatred between us and them. From this explanation, the condition of many of the Muslims in the lands which are considered to be Islamic becomes clear. They take the pagans as friends and supporters, try to be close to them, exalt and glorify them and establish between them such relations that indicate these people as being their brothers. It's not uncommon today to find Muslims having relationships with Kafirs just as a Muslim has a relationship with another Muslim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةٍ And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, الْمُسْلِمُ أَخُوا الْمُسْلِمُ the believers are brothers to one another and the Muslim is the brother of a Muslim. The brotherhood in Islam it is based on Iman. Al-Mu'min it is based on Iman. Innam al-Mu'minun ikhwa. The Ukhuwa or the brotherhood it is based on Iman and it is based on Islam. It is not based on common interests or friendliness or anything else. The believers must seek their help and protection only from the believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 51 Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu la tattakhidhu al-yahood wa al-nasara awliya Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu la tattakhidhu al-yahood wa al-nasara awliya All you who believe, the people of Iman, who have true Iman, who believe in Allah alone and who abide by what Allah has legislated and accept the wisdom of Allah and what he has legislated, and what he has commanded, and what he has prohibited. 
O you who believe, la tattakhidul yahud wal nasara awliya. Don't take the Jews and the Christians as awliya. As those who you rely upon or you put your trust in for help and support or even friendship. Don't rely upon them. Ba'aduhum awliya'u ba'ad. That they are helpers, they are supporters of one another. The Christians and Jews and the pagan disbelievers are supporters of one another. And we see that in the world today, that they support one another. And whoever, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and whoever takes them as awliya, as supporters and protectors and helpers, whoever from amongst you, from amongst the Muslims, from amongst the believers, whoever takes them as the awliya, then he becomes one of them. Then he becomes one of them. And indeed Allah doesn't guide the zalimeen, the unjust wrongdoers. Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ali Imran chapter 3 that the believers do not take the disbelievers as their awliya, as their supporters or helpers instead of believers. How can the mu'min take a kafir as his helper and supporter in place of or instead of or in preference to taking the believer as his helper and supporter? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the believers they don't do so. And then he said, وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ And whoever does that, فَلَيْسَ مِنَ اللَّهِ فِيهِ شَيْءٍ Then he will not have from Allah anything, yani any help in any way whatsoever. He will be on his own. And whoever takes the kafirs as his helpers and supporters, then he will not find any help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore it is necessary for every Muslim who takes Islam as his way of life to declare the kufr of the pagan disbelievers and realize that they are his enemies. A Muslim detests the disbelievers as well as those who love them and argue in their behalf. It is also necessary for all Muslims to return to the deen of Islam and to practice the deen of Islam, not just to espouse it from our mouths, but to act in accordance with it. It is through this deen, al-Islam, that respect and glory will be achieved and success will be gained by practicing Islam and implementing the laws of Allah. By means of Islam, the lands will be set aright and the distinction is made between the awliya of Ar-Rahman, the supporters of Allah, who help and support the religion of Allah, and the awliya of shaitan the supporters of the devil, those who help and support the devil. It is through Islam the Qur'an and the Sunnah that the distinction is made between the supporters of Allah and the supporters of shaitan who have no concern about what happens to this deen just as long as they are given the things of the world their food and drink and a place to sleep there should be for us an example to be followed in Ibrahim al-Khalil in the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where he mentions the saying of Ibrahim 
إذ قال إبراهيم لأبيه وقومه إنني براء مما تعبدون إلا الذي فطرني فإنه سيهدين That Ibrahim he said to his father and to his people that indeed I am free of you I am innocent of that which you are worshipping any negation of the worship of other than Allah that I am free of that which you worship other than Allah I reject it except the one who has created me and he is the one verily that will guide me and it is negation of the worship of other than Allah and the affirmation of Allah alone why is it that the Muslims will not return to the, to the deen of Allah and to the beliefs of Islam and obey the commands of Allah concerning his rulings about the mushrikeen the pagan disbelievers Indeed, the rule of Allah, it has more right to be implemented. It is more right that the rule of Allah be implemented in the earth, even if by force. Because it is Allah's rule that will grant peace and happiness for, the, for humanity in the world. And it is not the rule of any group of people or any nation or any other system. It is only by the implementation of the law of Allah that humanity can enjoy peace in this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered the believers in Surah Tawbah chapter 9 verse 123 Ya amanu qatilu alladheena yalunakum min al-kuffar wal yajidu feekum ghilda wa'lamu anna Allah ma'al muttaqeen Or you who believe fight those of the disbelievers who are near to you, those who are close to you from amongst the kuffar, fight them وَالْيَجِدُ فِيكُمْ غِلْضَةِ and they should find a new harshness and if this is the place for harshness it is in establishing the law of Allah and the deen of Allah in the earth otherwise there is no harm in being kind in being polite to those who have not fought against you for the sake of your deen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says know that Allah is with the muttaqeen those who have tafaqwa that whoever strives to establish his deen in the earth Allah is with them this ayah was revealed after the Arabian Peninsula had been purified from a shirk after the Arabian Peninsula was cleaned when Tawheed was established then Allah ordered the believers to continue with the struggle and to spread the rule of Allah throughout the earth and the Prophet has mentioned in some of the hadith that which the scholars have said are the three ways in which the rule of Allah can be established in the earth it is by first offering the people to enter Islam willingly to enter into submission to Allah the Lord of the world the creator of the heavens and the earth and if not then to take from them the jizya the tax on those who live under the protection of the Muslim state and of course this is to be implemented in the time when the Muslims are worshipping Allah when the Muslims actually have submitted themselves to Allah then they can call others to Islam and they can establish Islam in the earth and they can offer protection to the Kafirs as the Kafirs are taking the wealth of the Muslims in exchange for protection from them and the third of them it is fighting the disbelievers until they are in submission Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says also in the Qur'an in Surah Tawbah chapter 9 verse 5 
فاقتلوا المشركين فاقتلوا المشركين حيث وجدتموهم يعني fight them wherever you find them wherever you find them fight against them and kill them وخذوهم and take them captive يعني as prisoners of war وقعدوا لهم كل مرصد and also seek to besiege them and prepare ambush for them from every place فإن تابوا وقاموا الصلاة وعاتوا الزكاة فخلوا سبيلهم but if they repent يعني if they reject the kufr and the shirk that they were upon and they repent to Allah and they establish the prayers and they offer the zakat then leave their way open make the way uh, open for them let them be free in Allah is a full rahim but indeed Allah is forgiving and merciful this ayah was revealed after the violation of the treaty between the Muslims and the pagans in the ninth year of the Hijrah yani after the Prophet ﷺ has migrated from Mecca to Medina in the ninth year after the Hijrah and the treaty was made between the Muslims and the Mushrikeen and that treaty was violated then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala ordered the Muslims when they were in a state of power and strength and unity under the authority of the Prophet ﷺ, he ordered them to kill the pagan disbelievers who had a treaty with them but who have violated it to kill them wherever you find them and to capture them and take them captive or to besiege them and ambush them from each and every place unless they repent and offer the prayers and the charity yani, unless they enter into Islam in submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every Muslim must know that the disbelievers and it is a reality that is not hidden today perhaps a few years ago it might not have been clear but today it is very clear there is no doubt in the minds of those who have sinned every Muslim must know that the disbelievers are striving their utmost and seeking every means in their power to distance the Muslims from their religion in any way whatsoever whether or not, whether it is through taking Islam out of the educational system or preventing the Muslims from openly practicing their deen or threatening those who display openly the signs of Islam in every way, in every possible way they are seeking to distance the Muslims from Islam and to cause fear in the hearts of the Muslims so that they will be afraid to worship Allah Therefore, if those who have real concern about the deen of Allah do not wake up from this sleep and pay attention to this matter, they will soon feel extreme remorse at a time when it will not be of any benefit. And they will soon reap harvest. They will soon reap and harvest the fruits of their actions. It is obligatory on every alim, every scholar and every da'iyah who calls to Islam and every khatib who gives the khutbah on Friday and every imam of a masjid to make clear to the people the danger of having relationships of friendship and support and help with the pagan disbelievers Muwalat al-Kuffar it is establishing relations of support and help and friendship between the believers and the disbelievers and this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited Making clear this matter to the Muslims, the illegality of having such relationships with the pagan disbelievers who refuse to believe in Allah, 
and who refused to acknowledge the message of his Prophet Muhammad This should be done through every type of legal evidence, whether from the Book of Allah or the Sunnah of the Prophet We must make this, we must clarify for the people the danger, even, of traveling to the lands of the disbelievers or importing the disbelievers to the Muslim lands because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has severed al-muwalat, the relationships of friendship and support between the Muslim and the disbeliever, even if it was one's nearest relative. Bringing the non-Muslims to the Muslim lands or the Muslims living in the, Mus- in the non-Muslim lands, it is detrimental to one's Islam, except in the case those people who have knowledge and who have iman and taqwa who are there for some benefit, for some legitimate reason that Allah has allowed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah At-Tawbah chapter 9 verse 23 Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu O you who believe yani this is addressed to the people of iman who believe in Allah and who acknowledge that it is Allah who has the right to legislate to command and to prohibit Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu la tattakhidhu aba'akum wa ikhwanakum and you don't take even your fathers or your brothers as awliya, as supporters and helpers and protectors in istahabbul kufra ala al-iman. And whoever prefers, whoever loves kufra and prefers it over iman, then don't take them as your awliya. And whoever does so, whoever takes them as awliya from amongst the Muslims, who takes the kuffar, disbelievers, pagan disbelievers as the awliya, then indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these are the zalimun, the wrongdoers, who have done wrong to their own selves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Mujadila, chapter 58, verse 22, that you will not find the people who truly believe in Allah in the last day, who really have iman, believing in Allah as it should be, and who believe in the last day, that they will be accountable, that there is a time when we will be accountable for what we do in this world, that whatever we do, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is having it recorded, and that we will be called to it, and we will answer for it. لا تجدوا قوما يؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر يوادون من حاد الله ورسوله That you will not find them taking the people who oppose Allah and who oppose the Messenger of Allah وَلَوْ كَانُوا آبَاهُمْ أَوْ أَبْنَاهُمْ أَوْ إِخْوَانُهُمْ أَوْ أَشِيرَتُهُمْ You will not find them having love for them or relations of relationship of friendship and love and affection for those who oppose Allah and His Messenger even if it is their fathers even if it is their children even if it is their brothers or their relatives and these it is that Allah He has written in their hearts Iman He has established in their hearts true Iman and He has strengthened them with a spirit from Himself a ruh from, his, from Himself it is those who establish their relationship with the disbelievers based on Iman and Kufr based on Tawheed and Shirk even if it is their parents or their children or their brothers or their relatives, you will not find the one who really has Iman in Allah in the last day having the relationship of love and affection and friendship 
for those who oppose Allah and His Messenger. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says also in the Quran, in Surah Al-Iman, chapter 3, verse 149 and 150, Ya ayyuhal amanu. And these verses that begin with the words, Ya ayyuhal amanu, it is an indicator says, In kuntum kharajtum jihadan fi sabili wa marbati. Then if it is that you have gone out for jihad in my way and seeking my pleasure, then don't take them as friends and supporters and don't show towards them love and affection. Secretly showing them uh, affection and love. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows that which you hide and that which you show. And whoever does so, from amongst the believers, then indeed that person has gone far away. The matters or the laws and the rules concerning relations between the believers and disbelievers, there are many. However, a few of them shows the seriousness of the matter that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated that the believers, based on their iman in Islam, take a position towards the disbelievers who reject Allah. The Prophet and what has been reported in Sahihain, Al-Bukhari and Muslim in the hadith of Usama رضي الله عنه he said لا يرث المسلم الكافرة لا يرث المسلم الكافرة ولا الكافر المسلمة that the Muslim does not inherit from the disbeliever nor does the disbeliever inherit from the Muslim يعني it is uh, this is to assure that there be no relationships between the Muslims and the disbelievers the Prophet terminated all these relations and settled the matter once and for all, and severed even the relations of inheritance, yani the relations after death are even cut. The Muslim is not to inherit from a kafir, nor a kafir from a Muslim. As for the kafir inheriting from the Muslim, it is by agreement of the scholars that it is not allowed. And as for the Muslim inheriting from the kafirs, by the minority of the, some of the Muslim scholars, have claimed that it is allowed for the Muslim to inherit from the Kafir because the Muslim is preferable and better and above the Kafir therefore he should be allowed to take from them however the hadith is clear that a Muslim does not inherit from a Kafir no Kafir from a Muslim the inequality between the Kafir and the Mu'min is clear even to the extent that it has been reported from the Prophet in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari, Rahimahullah, it is reported that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لا يقتل مسلم بكافر لا يقتل مسلم بكافر That a Muslim cannot be killed in exchange for the killing of a disbeliever. And that doesn't mean that it's allowed for a Muslim to kill a non-Muslim outside of the law of, of the Sharia. However, if a Muslim unjustly killed a non-Muslim, then the disbeliever is not equal to the believer and a Muslim's life cannot be taken in exchange for a kafir and there is no reason for this except that the disbeliever in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator yani the disbeliever who has rejected their creator and who has rejected the worship of Allah the Lord of the world is despicable and degraded and lowly in front of Allah and worthless in front of Allah therefore it is not permissible that the life of a Muslim be equated with the life of a kafir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنَّمَا الْمُشْرِكُونَ نَجَسٍ نَجَسٍ 
that indeed the pagan disbelievers, yani those who reject Tawheed and who worship other than Allah, that they are najif, they are impure. And this word, the Prophet ﷺ prohibited being used for a mu'min. He said that the mu'min is never najis. The mu'min is not najis, impure, even if there are impurities on their body. And this najasa of the mushrik, it is of two types. It is spiritual and physical. As for the spiritual, it is clear that it is shirk, because they don't believe in Allah's oneness, and they don't believe in the message of the Prophet ﷺ. And as for the physical najis, it is due to the absence of a tahara, because they don't give attention to the matters of tahara, personal hygiene, as the Muslims have been legislated to do in the Sharia and the Sunnah of the Prophet So this word najis, it is only used for the people, uh, it is only used for the people of spiritual impurity, yani the mushrikeen, and it is not used for the believers. And finally, every Muslim must know that the disbelievers are amongst the Jews and the Christians as well as the other disbelievers will never make any sincere peace between the Muslims, between them and the Muslims. Nor will they leave the Muslims alone to be free from their harm. Nor will they be pleased with them until the Muslims follow their religion and imitate their way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 120, وَلَنْ تَرْضَ عَنْكَ الْيَهُودُ وَلَنْ نَصَارَ That the Jews and the Christians will never be pleased with you حَتَّى تَتَّبِيَ مِلَّتَهُمْ They will never be pleased with you until you follow their millah, until you follow their creed, their way, their religion, their kufr. قُلْ إِنَّ هُدَى اللَّهِ هُوَ الْهُدَى And then Allah ordered the Prophet ﷺ to say that indeed the guidance of Allah, it is the true guidance, it is Islam, it is Tawheed. وَلَئِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ أَهْوَاهُمْ بَعْدَ الَّذِي جَاءَكَ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ مَا لَكَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مِنْ وَلِيٍّ وَلَا نَصِيرٍ That if you were to follow their desires, that which they come with, after what has come to you of knowledge, the knowledge of Islam and Tawheed, then you will never have a protector, a wali, nor a nasir, a helper. This is a challenge and a warning from Allah, and it is a serious threat to whoever will follow the religion of the disbelievers. Whether by saying it with words or by acting in accord with what they believe. And it is a confirmation that such a one will not have any protector or any helper other than Allah. The Prophet ﷺ ordered separation from the pagan disbelievers in order that the Muslims will not become one with them. In fact, he attached such great importance to the matter that it is reported in the authentic hadith that the Prophet ﷺ, and that is recorded by Abu Dawud in the Tirmidhi, and the hadith is Sahih. He said, "Ana bari'un min kulli Muslim yuqimu bayna adharil mushrikeen." He said, "I am innocent of every Muslim who resides permanently amongst the mushrikeen. Whoever intends and is pleased to live permanently amongst the mushrikeen, the Prophet ﷺ said, "Ana bari'un min." I have nothing to do with him. I am innocent of him and I have no responsibility for him. Qalu ya Rasulullah, lima? They said, O Messenger of Allah, why is it? Yani, what is the reason for such? And why has he taken such a such stern position? He said, La tara'a That their fires should not see one another. That the fires of the Muslims should not be close enough to the fires of the Kafirs. That they 
could be seen by one another. Yani the separation of the Muslims. Of course the example that he is given, it is in the desert in the time of the Prophet ﷺ that a, a kafir, if he camps somewhere in the desert, the Muslims shouldn't camp close enough that in the darkness of the night he could see his fire. That's how far he should be separated from him. But today the Muslims live with the kafirs. They are their neighbors and they live in the same apartments with them or in the same houses with them. And they share with them as though they are brothers to one another. The Prophet also said in the hadith that is reported in the Sunan of Nasa'i and others. And the isnad of this hadith is jayyid. It is a good hadith. And many of the scholars including Shaykh al-Albani has declared this hadith to be hasan. And it is a very important hadith. And some people will not believe it if they don't believe in Allah and His Messenger. But the Prophet ﷺ, he has said it. And it shows the need for the believers to be separated from the disbelievers. The Prophet ﷺ said, لا يقبل الله من مشرك بعدما أسلم عملا أو يفارق المشركين إلى المسلمين. لا يقبل الله من مشرك that Allah doesn't accept from a mushrik. بعدما أسلم after he has entered Islam, the mushrik who is amongst the mushrikeen. And he has entered into Islam. Allah doesn't accept from him amalan, any deed that he does. أو يفارق المشركين المسلمين Until يعني أو هي تمنز حتى يفارق المشركين Until he separates from the pagan disbelievers إلى المسلمين and goes to the Muslims. We complain only to Allah about the strangeness of the deen and Islam and the change in the condition of the Muslims today. Indeed, indeed, the Muslims have become far removed from Islam and it is only because of that that these hadith of the Prophet and these ayahs of the Quran are strange to us. But the Prophet have emphasized the matter in so many ways and these are only a few examples of that which makes it clear the need for separation between Al-Iman and Kufr and the people of Iman and the people of Kufr and Shirk. What about those who hear these verses of Qur'an and these hadith of the Prophet and they sit amongst the disbelievers eating with them and laughing with them and considering them to be a part of them. It has been reported from Samra ibn Jundub from the Prophet and the hadith is reported in the Sunan of Abu Dawud and that hadith is Hassan or Sahili Ghayrihi. The Prophet said, Man jama'a al-mushrika wa sakana ma'ahu fa'innahu mithlu. من جامع المشرك يعني whoever goes whoever is with the mushrik who sits with the mushrik and bees with him and joins with him وسكن معه and resides with him فإنه مثله then he is like him يعني he is like the mushrik where is the millah of Ibrahim where is the millah of Ibrahim today where is love for the sake of Allah and hate for the sake of Allah where is الولاء والبراء any affiliation with the believers and disassociation from the disbelievers. In closing, the saying of Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, أو صحح مذهبهم يعني those who do not declare the kufr of the pagan disbelievers or who have doubt in their kufr whether or not it is kufr or those who consider as correct and valid their way of life. Yani that Islam is good and their way of life is good and all of it is the same. 
everybody should do whatever they want to do. Whoever considers that what they are doing is correct, it is valid, it is acceptable. It includes those things which many of the people of this time are calling to today, such as those who call to communism, ishtiraqiyah, and those who call to ba'athiyah, socialism, and those who call to ilmaniyah, secularism. All of this is kufr. All of this is kufr. And whoever considers these things to be acceptable, then it is kufr. All of these are disbelieving sects that have gone astray, even if its followers call themselves by Muslim names. Since the names, as it has been said by some of the scholars, since the names by which things are called do not change the reality of those things. Call it what you want. You can call riba by another name. I don't know what they call it, Fa'ida. Uh, they call riba Fa'ida. They call khamr, I don't know, spirits. They call something else, whatever. But whatever name it's called, it doesn't change the reality. It remains what it is. Kufr is Kufr. And the people of Kufr, they are to be rejected. The Muslims have to stand on Islam and worship Allah and turn to Him and put their trust in Him and rely upon Him alone. Wallahu musta'an. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta astaghfirka wa tubi ilayk. Perhaps there's a few moments remaining. Since we don't have any questions today, and maybe you have some questions. Or if the sisters have any questions, I don't know how they would do it. Maybe, Ismail, uh, if your wife is there, if the sisters have any questions, she can call and speak to you. You can help us, inshallah. Now. Now, the declaration of the kufr of the disbelievers, how is it? How is it implemented? It is implemented, as Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab said, about the kufr and targut. The kufr and targut, it means to reject the worship of other than Allah, to reject falsehood, and to reject the people of falsehood, and to have hatred in one's heart for that falsehood, whether it is kufr or shirk or whatever that is based on falsehood, to reject it, and to hate it, and to separate from it, and to avoid it, and to not engage in it. This is the declaration of kufr, of the kuffar, it means that we acknowledge and we admit and we confess that they are kafirs and we deal with them accordingly. doesn't mean that we have to have a, a mean face when we talk to them or we have to say harsh words to them. It doesn't mean that, but it means that we take a clear stand, that we are the mu'mineen and they are the kafirin. We have to take a stand on this and we don't take them for supporters or helpers. We don't rely upon them. We don't seek, I mean, seek their advice or turn to them when we are in need. But we should rely upon the believers. Rely upon Allah. Allah is sufficient. No, it is, it is not a declaration on the tongue that one has to say uh, in front of witnesses or to go in the broadcasting station on television or radio and say it. But it means that we should act on it. And also it may be said if the occasion arrives. If someone is asked, then they sh- if someone is asked, is this kufr? Sh- we should say it is kufr and don't be afraid. You know, if someone asks, is this acceptable? We should say this is rejected, this is against Islam. Rejecting it and hating it and acknowledging that it is false. Allah knows best. No. No. What if somebody, if a Muslim has a teacher who is a kafir? First, any the Muslim should avoid such, if possible. And this is one of the reasons why it is not good go- to go to the land of the disbelievers to learn. Except for necessity. 
Otherwise, Muslims should learn from the Muslims. Today, Muslims have knowledge, even technology. We have in the Muslim land. But everybody thinks that it is better in the land of the Kuffar. However, someone is forced to go there, or to study with a teacher who is a Kafir, even in the land of the Muslims, if one is forced to do so without any choice, then at least that person should keep their distance from them. And not, uh, not have the relationship with that teacher that is natural, that a student would have with a teacher. But your relationship should be unnatural with them, because they are Kafirs. Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar. to the, what has been said in reference to the brother's question, we should know that it is natural, it is natural that a student, the relationship between a student and teacher is one of dependence and often it breeds friendship uh, and perhaps even love for that person who may be benefiting you. However, Muslims should know that the Sharia of Allah and the Sunnah of the Prophet and it does not allow that such a relationship should exist between the believer and the disbeliever. Therefore, one should restrain oneself and try to be conscious of avoiding any close relations with that person and only, only take the assistance that is necessary from them uh, as long as it is necessary and try to avoid that kind of situation if possible. Now, Fadl. Don't call a Hindu a Kafir? No. In any case, 
true that uh, anybody who is not a Muslim might become a Muslim before they die. However, while they are not believing in Allah, they are kafir. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he is the one who has named them kafirs. And the Prophet have declared them to be kafirs. Therefore, it's not something that we have to go and say to that person, you are a kafir, yeah, you are a kafir. We don't have to say to them that. However, they are kafirs for sure, and there's no harm in calling them kafirs. However, some of the Muslim scholars said concerning uh, cursing, yani declaring the la'an of Allah on the disbelievers, that it is, it is permissible to say la'an of Allah al-kafirin, that the curse of Allah be upon the disbelievers, or la'an of Allah al-mushrikeen, or fasiqeen, or whatever. But that we shouldn't say the la'ana of Allah because the la'ana of Allah it means that that person be far removed from the rahmah of Allah. We shouldn't say it about a particular person because it's possible that that person might become a Muslim. So we don't say la'ana of Allah on that person particularly. However, the la'ana of Allah it will be upon those who die on kufr and shirk. So for that reason some of the scholars made a distinction in, in terms of this issue, not in terms of calling them kafirs. They are indeed kafirs. Naam. Oh, well, uh, sisters, sisters, now. Before he forgets. This is a any somewhat complex question. However, in summary, we can say that the Muslim, as the Prophet ﷺ, he said, لا يرث المسلم الكافرة. It is mutlaq. The Muslim does not inherit from a kafir. It doesn't make a difference. It is their mother or their father or their sister or their brother or their children. It's not allowed. However, as I said, there is difference of opinion. There is a minority opinion of some of the scholars who in attempted to interpret this hadith through another hadith that Islam is superior and nothing is above Islam and nothing can be above Islam. And they said based on that that the, the kafir cannot inherit from the Muslim, however the Muslim can inherit from the kafir. But what we say to that is that the hadith that they are referring to is general and the hadith that we are talking about is specific in reference to inheritance and that hadith doesn't talk about inheritance. Therefore, the hadith is clear and the Muslim cannot inherit from the non-Muslim. However, as far as them writing a will, well it is the way of the kafirs to write a will. And their inheritance is based on what they write in their will. They don't have a documented uh, system of who should inherit what and then outside of that they offer something. Therefore, the will of the kafir, it, it is not acceptable that the Muslims should take from it even if they have written something for them and Allah knows best. Uh, Qasim. Naam. Uh, the brother is saying that the Prophet ﷺ after the battle of Badr, he has allowed some of the Muslims to learn reading and writing from some mushriks. In any case, as we said earlier, this is something that if a person is in that situation out of necessity, then they can do what this necessity requires. However, we should not prefer to learn from the kafir when we can learn from the Muslim. In that situation, it was because the Muslims didn't know how to read and write. And the Prophet ﷺ took advantage of that situation and he freed those pagans in exchange for them teaching the Muslims who were in need of that and there was nobody to teach them. 
So he took advantage of that situation. However, that is not the normal situation. After Muslims have learned how to read and write, then they didn't uh, learn from the Kafirs. In fact, it is authentically reported that Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, when one of the famous companions of the Prophet came to him when he was the Khalifa, and that man had a katib, a writer who used to write for him who was a pagan disbeliever, and Umar came to know that he was a Kafir, and he rejected it. And he told him, how can you take a Kafir as your katib? There is no Muslim who can write. And he said, this is unacceptable. Don't take them, don't trust them, and don't rely upon them. And especially don't give yourself over to them so that they can know about you what they shouldn't know. Well, it is not acceptable. Except in an emergency situation, necessity uh, allows that which is prohibited. That is the rule. Necessity allows that which is prohibited. So even if something is prohibited, out of necessity, then we should not go beyond the limits or beyond the bounds of what is required, and we can do it. And Allah is forgiving merciful. PhD courses in England are run by Jews, and also in America. <laughs> Most of the big universities in America and Europe, uh, especially certain uh, segments, session, uh, uh, departments or divisions of those universities, in particular Middle Eastern studies, and there are Muslims studying in uh, New York University and Princeton and Yale, big universities in America, studying Islam, taking Islamic studies and Middle Eastern studies, and their teachers are Yahud. And that is very common. And of course, how can the Muslim learn from those people when they are Muslim scholars who we can learn from? It is not acceptable, for sure. If they are forced to do it, that is different, but they are not forced to do so. In that case, it's unacceptable. Well, anyway, the rules concerning uh, takfir, we have discussed in the introductory lecture of this course, and uh, we said that no Muslim should declare another Muslim to be a kafir even if he is engaging in something that is an act of kufr, supporting the kafirs, ruling other than the law of Allah, whatever it may be, taking them for friends, we shouldn't declare them to be a kafir simply because of that act. The speech or the action of kufr doesn't necessitate the kufr of the individual. We can rule that that act is an act of kufr, or that statement is a statement of kufr, but we cannot rule on the individual that he is a kafir simply because of his action or his speech. But all of the uh, conditions, the shurut of takfir should be fulfilled. And the mawaniya, the prohibitive factors should be absent. And that is something that it is the uh, responsibility of the scholars and not the common people. So Muslims shouldn't engage in such. Especially when we know the Prophet has warned that whoever declares his brother Muslim to be a kafir, that one of them for sure will be a kafir, it will come back. If, he, if that person is not a kafir, then it is kufr for him to have done so. He will fall into kufr by doing so. Therefore, Muslims should avoid such a thing. It is a dangerous matter. <laughs>